Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is the Season 1 review for Star Wars Resistance. Hard to believe, but it was less than a year ago that we were told about this series, and here we are doing a full season review. Very excited. Most excited to have my special guest back with me. Uh, she joined us for the mid-season review, and she was nice enough to come back. Uh, let's welcome Jonah Marie Macias. Hey, I'm so excited to be back to talk about the second half, or at least all of Star Wars Resistance as we've seen it for the past year. Can't believe it. It's, it's a whole season done. Yeah, it just seems like yesterday you were on with me and a lot has happened on the show since then. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we've got a lot to cover. Um, now, as I uh, told people, um, you know, like we did with the mid-season review, I mentioned on in the season finale review, uh, This, th we're just going to talk about broad topics, have some fun with this. Uh, if you want specific episode reviews, all of mine are on the Radio Dakar channel on iTunes and SoundCloud. And even better, listen to Geeky Bubble Pod because Jonah Marie and her mom reviewed all the episodes, and those are a lot of fun, too. Cool. Yeah, we had a lot of fun laughing our heads off, especially when it came to Niku's antics and stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. Love Niku. He... Uh, well, if, if you've listened to my show, you know I had I had some moments with him where of course, I, I wasn't yeah. wasn't like a huge fan, but <laughs> yes, uh, he 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 ended the season very well. I thought. Yeah, yeah, I know other people who felt the same way. <laughs> um, but let's get into it. Uh, I've got uh, just some broad topics for us to go over. Now, um, let's start out. What were maybe like your top three favorite? little moments of the whole season. Yeah, so I I had a tough time narrowing it down because the whole season was just so good and so many moments kept you know floating through my head, but I managed to narrow it down to I uh, I really loved the moment when Tam goes after Sonara in Sonara score. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sonara score and she uh, and, and the expression that Sonara had in particular when she realizes that she has a friend in Tam. Like, I, I love that particular moment. That's a good one. Yeah. And uh, I also love, <laughs> this one's a funny one, but I love when Kaz offered his hand to Bitey in Dangerous Business so that mm -hmm. Bitey could attach himself to, to Kaz and then Kaz started running and screaming. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like the visual of that in my head still makes me laugh. <laughs> um, and then my third one is when uh, CB23 has just relayed this plan to Captain Doza and Tora. And Captain Doza says, this is the craziest, craziest plan I've ever heard. And Tora goes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the giggle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So good. So those are my, my top three little moments. Those are good choices, yes. Um, I almost included the 
just very later with Tora and her dad when uh, he gives the response hologram to Kaz. And she's been behind him the whole time and pops her head out and says, this is going to be so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great one, too. There were so many good ones. I, I think I mentioned to you in private that it would be great if that became a meme where you take all the the serious holograms in Star Wars like Darth Sidious and then just have Tora pop out from behind. I know. I wish I had the ability to make that happen. Like the Same Photoshop here. skills to do it. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, those are those are really good choices. I like those. Um, and the, and the Tam one especially that was you know, you, you, we talked a lot about Sonara last time you were on the show and uh that was that seemed to be the first time that snara thought wow these are good people here mm-hmm. and it kind of changed her philosophies so i'm glad you, i'm glad you mentioned that one yeah yeah um uh, as far as mine um the first one it's also from Sonara's score but it's at, when the pirates are attacking and yeager and kaz have to use that hover forklift to get the computer system back on to act, reactivate the turrets. That was the first time we saw Yeager in action, already knowing that he was a former rebel pilot. And he's been my favorite character from the beginning. And I just loved watching him. Like he was pretty fearless, you know, piloting a hover lift through all the fighting that was going on and then the air force one reference with get off my lift um that was just a great character moment for me that i remembered a lot yeah that's and, a great one and it was in i'm blanking on the uh, title though the one where sonara finally escaped uh that was the was the first order first order occupation i want to say it was yeah okay the elevator scene with opipit oh yeah uh, that was the fact they did an elevator, the the, the stereotypical elevator joke of, uh, you know, the, the, the action's going so fast and fast and then they have to stop and wait for it to ride. Um, but then for Opipa to come on, he's still disgruntled about you know, his floor scrubber being gone. Just that, that was one of the classic comedy beats they did the whole season. Yeah. And yeah, I had to mention that one. And the last one. I call it the Blowfish Squadron moment because that's what I want them to be called. <laughs> but it's when all the fighters launch during No Escape Part Two, and they form the cir- and they get into the circle formation and rise above the Colossus to start fighting the Tie Fighters. That moment just sealed how great this first season was to me. Yeah, that was so beautiful visually. It was, even though. You know, yes, we have four aces, but the fact that Kaz and Yeager knew to do that with them was pretty awesome. Mm, mm-hmm. On a side note, what what would you want the squadron to be called if they if they were to have a name? Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. I don't know. I'd probably be something boring, like uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of. Something that would be so, like, military standard and has no character whatsoever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's what I would probably go for. Um, but I really love your your Blowfish Squadron. <laughs> it, it just seems the most appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see Niku being the one to give it the name. Yeah, it seems like 
even though Kaz didn't like it at first, that it, it, it endeared him enough that he would want to honor Niku with naming them that if they ever got to that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what was your biggest surprise of the season? Could be uh, like a certain character, could just be a theme or a plot point. Um, what was your biggest surprise? Yeah, so for me, it was hearing Ayla talk about what happened to her people and mentioning Kylo Ren's name. And I remember making an exaggerated an exaggerative gasp and, and thinking how cool that moment was. And I did not see it coming. I was just so surprised by it. And of mm-hmm. course, it was followed by Niku saying, what is a Kylo Ren? <laughs> yes. That's a that's a really good choice, um, you know. And I, I pointed this out on Twitter. This is the first season of any Star Wars show ever to go through without a lightsaber wielder. That's right. But they actually, but the fact that they actually did mention him, and whether or not it was the, the destruction of their village was what we saw in the Force Awakens flashback. I, I don't know if, if that's true, but but yeah, that that's a powerful moment that they would go ahead and mention him yeah. as the instigator. And what about yours? Mine was the fact that when they left Castellon with the entire Colossus, that the pirates went with them. Because oh, I, yeah. I did not see that coming at all. I Well, for one thing, I was convinced that they would participate in the battle because they set it up with Sonara and uh, still having, I don't, I don't want to say feelings, but having you know friendship with Kaz that she would want to help. But, yeah, I just didn't see that they would just up and bring the entire galleon ship into the Colossus and go with them. Right, uh, yeah. I, I'm, still, I'm still in that theory of I think Kragen let her take over because he himself is interested in the Colossus. And I feel like that's going to be some sort of conflict that we'll see in season two. I agree. Uh, you could tell just in that one shot... He, he was the only pirate who wasn't celebrating. Yes. And he, you could tell he was like either, okay, I'm not too sure we should be doing this, or, all right, I have other ideas for this. Exactly. So, yes. Now, Wit, we, we talked about our favorite characters uh, at the midseason point. Uh, mine was Yeager's, as I said, and uh, yours was Sonara. I'm guessing that hasn't changed. No, Sonara's uh, still my favorite. <laughs> but... Yes, and rightfully so. It was funny you would say that on the mid-season finale because that little arc she did for the next four episodes was just incredible. Yeah. And think, <laughs> yeah, and she became a lot of people's favorite character because of that. Um, but yeah, Yeager's still mine. I, I just love his background, and uh, Scott Lawrence is doing such a great job of that. But which character that you didn't expect to like or maybe didn't even like period in the first place grew on you the most all season <laughs> is commander pyre a predictable answer <laughs> no because he's half of my answer <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so funny so yeah i like i went into this series thinking i'd fall in love with the main character and, and i did of course because i love kaz i love his personality it's the most relatable i think in in the series but I had no idea Commander Pyre would have this 
much of an impact on me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, had he been voiced by anyone else, I probably wouldn't have cared about him, to be honest. But I love the fact that he's voiced by Liam McIntyre. And, and I think that particular detail changed everything for me because all of a sudden, I, I'm in love with this character. And I never expected that from a... Because I I always root for the good guys. And I just love how I don't want this character to change. I want him to be bad. I love that he loves being bad. And so I'm just happy that he survived this season. Because I want to see more of him. (laughs) Yes. um, Now, uh, Liam McIntyre was on Spartacus. Yes, he was. That's right. Um, Yeah, I I, I talked about it on my uh, season finale wrap-up. You know, we started the season with Major Von Reg being the big bad, and rightfully so. They set him up to be taken care of by the end of the season to show Cass's growth. But yeah, Pyre, he just started out as almost like a squad troop, uh, you know, squadron leader. But what they did with him once they started occupying the station, he became like a really menacing character, and Liam played him so well. Really, truly well. Yeah, I, I love that about that character and how, you know, certain things, those, the way that he says certain lines, it's just the execution is perfect. Yes, totally agree. And I'm glad he survived because he should be a pretty important force going into next season. Agreed. Now, mine, uh, like, like I say, I considered Pyre if I was going to go like, you know, good and bad. But my fa- definitely the character that grew the most on me, and I honestly didn't expect to survive the season, is Captain Doza. Oh yeah, because I not that it, he he wasn't a likable character at the beginning, but you just figured he was disposable. That he was just there to serve the purpose of that's who the First Order was going to overrun to take over the station, and you know it looked like that for a while because. When we get to the Doza dilemma, I mean, he's in the point uh, where his daughter's been kidnapped and he has to at least give some control for security reasons. And I I, I kept wondering how dark they were going to go for a kid's show, but I thought, well, I can easily see him being killed off so that they could have full control and then Kaz would have to lead a force to take, take it back over. But then we get to the finale and he has become this honestly a badass character like he he wasn't going to let that happen and i really thought that was awesome yeah i i also love how um yeah i i was in the same boat where i thought yeah i think he's going to die and i even posed that question to my mom at one point and i said do you think he's going to die (laughs) because i I just thought that's where they were going to go especially with torah's character and how this could motivate her to do something bigger and and whatnot and and I'm glad that they didn't go through that uh, because I feel like he's going to be really important moving forward, uh, especially given that this is his station. Like, is he going to cooperate with the resistance? Um, so I, I I'm looking forward to see to seeing how he's going to. Uh, collaborate with other people yeah it seems like and you know keep in mind he's former empire um although 
you know, the what well, we the little bit we know about uh, Tora's mom, you know, she she was is, is it confirmed she was a former rebel pilot? Yes, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, so then and then I can't remember what which of the later episodes it was, but Doza mentions to Pyre, you went and you know, I have my own reasons for leaving the Empire. And so I'm thinking, well, was it for love, you know, to, to just go away with this rebel after the war has been decided? Because I think Justin Ridge said he was a captain up until Endor. Yes, yeah, something so, like that. Yeah, so that last year of the Empire, there's a lot going on where he could have easily left. My headcanon is that he was buds with Admiral Versio, and they kind of butted heads when he decided to leave. Oh, that's a good headcanon, yeah. And plus, uh, there's something that may pay off later, but I'll save that for another question. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Dosa, when he and Yeager started working together to get in contact with the Resistance to help take the station back, that's when I thought, wow, he's becoming a really strong ally. I didn't think he was this far involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, shout out to Jason Hightower. He, he, was, he was just so awesome with how he grew into the role and his later performances were just amazing. I agree completely. I actually just recently started following him on Instagram and Good. he's a delight. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. If, if any listener has Instagram, uh, I will look it up real quick. Cause yes, he is awesome. I think it's Jay bogey Hightower. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Highest recommendation to follow him. Cause he, he's just a lot of fun. Uh, it, Honestly, it's mostly videos of him in the woods uh, giving uh, mountain living advice, but <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's it's entertaining, amusing. <laughs> yes, and the fact he looks just like him, I could, you know, uh, we're going to talk about it later, but I could totally see him playing him in um, live action. I love the fact that they both have that mustache thing going. It's so yes. good. it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the letter J, uh, Bogey Hightower, one word. Uh, look them up on Instagram, everybody. You'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, this may be a tough question, but what were your top three episodes of the whole season? Top three episodes. Yeah, I actually had to go to StarWars.com and go through all the episodes just to make sure that I had the list right in my head because I, there are so many great episodes. But I ended up going with The High Tower. Mm-hmm. Sonara score because I can't let go of that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the third one, I have to, it's a tie between Descent and, you know, the No Escape two parter. Yes. Because <laughs> those, those two, those, well, the three, I guess, if you count parts one and two separately, but those three episodes were just fantastic. Totally agree. Did you? Yeah, well, what, oh, sorry. What, no, what were your three? Uh, my three were the Platform Classic uh, because of Yeager's background. And that was really the pinnacle of the racing on the show. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And, well, I'll also go with, I said uh, No Escape Part 2 specifically. Um, the third is The Disappeared. Oh, okay. What made that one the third and like how that came into the top three? Um, it, that one, it, like you, I was thinking about Descent because that the whole final arc with, you know, them, the, them fighting back to get the station back, you know, it's kind of hard to choose between those. But that one, to me, 
uh, well, I mean, Platform Classic had its own serious business with Yeager, but the Disappeared was the most maybe terrifying mm-hmm. uh, because you think about what the First Order was doing and, I mean, getting into, like, authoritarianism and some serious themes. True. Uh, that it was pretty heavy-hitting for this type of show. And, yeah, yeah, it got, got kind of dark with, you know, they're making people disappear. And then for Kaz and uh, Tora to have to rescue their friends from, you know, we don't know what kind of fate they were going to have. And it was just, I just thought it was really well written. And then we got the payoff with Aunt Z and Hype at the end going off on their own adventure. Plus the fact it was the only true cliffhanger of the season when, because Kaz got back to the garage and they were being arrested. Oh, you're right. That's right. And Commander Pyre was there. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> How could I forget that? That's Oh, yeah, that's a fantastic episode. Yeah, it was just, uh, I consider that the most heavy hitting, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, all, all of yours are very good, too. Yeah, I can't let go of Sonara's score. <laughs> no, not at all. I would, I would have that top five. Yes, yeah. <laughs> And you also, what was it? What was it about the high tower that you had? The high tower, I loved because I feel like that. That really, I mean, the, the episodes prior to that were funny. You know, they'd have funny moments and whatnot. But I feel like that one really captured the humor very well. Because um, yes. that's the one, if I remember correctly, that's the one with Kaz being chased after the First Order while mm-hmm. everyone else is watching from afar in on Z's. Mm-hmm. And they're all pl- placing bets and it's like a very suspenseful thing for them as they watch Kaz jump from one ledge to another. Yes. <laughs> like, I thought that was genius. And it was, I think it was Kaz's first real mission of sorts, you know, where he... He has to go find a way into this tower and try to uh, sneak in and uh, figure out how what it is it that the First Order is up to. So I thought it was a big breakthrough in terms of what he was trying to accomplish on the Colossus. Yeah, and it really set up a lot later on because that's his first encounter with the First Order. And... Uh, it also set up uh, Hype's background with him, too. Exactly. Yeah, and we also got a little bit of Hype and Tam's background. Yes. Yeah, I hope we get more of that later on. I hope so, too, especially after he finds out what happens to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of the early episodes, I think people might be sleeping on them a little bit because, you know, that... when you look online, people are talking about, well, the second half of the season was so good. They set up a lot of stuff in those that first half. Oh yeah. That, that you know, hopefully people will revisit it before the se- next season starts. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we, we agree on the season finale. It, was there anything specific that put it over the top for you? In terms of the season finale, I just love how it wrapped everything up together. And, uh, I, I kind of wish that they hadn't separated them when they when they aired them on mm-hmm. TV. I wish they were together, 
because I feel like that would have been there would it would have had more of an impact on people. But I I thought they did a great job in tying it in with the Force Awakens, but still giving us something more and unexpected with the crew and what was happening to the Colossus itself. It was just all brilliant, I think. Yes, I agree. I mean, what the way they incorporated it with the Force Awakens, I'm, you know, just like anybody who may not have seen the, the sequel movies yet, I'm I would borderline suggest watching this season before watching those movies, yeah. just because of how how well they set up the history of the First Order and the Resistance, and then given the emotional stakes to the to the Hosnian Prime scene in the movie. So true. Yeah this this is a perfect way of introducing someone to the sequel trilogy it really is yeah uh, kudos to everyone all the creators for that mm-hmm. um i don't think that's something that's really been done before like you know for you know rebels you know it's not necessary to watch that before rogue one or new hope or something like that exactly yeah um for me it was well everything you mentioned but you know the, it was a surprise to me that the entire station was a ship. I I figured they would go off planet at the end of the season, but that it would be all the ship, you know, the, the racers leaving. That not that I, I thought Niku would stay behind, maybe as a caretaker of the station or something. But the fact that the stakes were the entire station, they had to leave before a star destroyer destroys them, and uh, to have such an awesome aerial battle that put it over the top. As far as one of my probably one of my favorite animated episodes ever, right? Yeah, I I, I love that that whole air battle that was going on, and you know, the, towards the very beginning of the series, you start to find out that there's like uh, salvagers on the Colossus g- grabbing all this stuff from the ground from the bottom of the ocean, mm-hmm. and I was always very curious as to w- what activity led to that stuff being there, and this is this was it this is having battles over the the ocean and things crashing into the water and disappearing and and people salvaging it years and years later so i I love how they they all connected it back to those little bits and pieces of information they introduced earlier in the season yeah the timeline they set up is really interesting because we know from the one episode that there are clone wars fighters down there Mm mm-hmm and the, based on the dialogue from Doza in the last episode, the station, the Colossus had only been there for 20 years. And the battle, you know, the Empire has been gone for 30. So I wonder, you know, why 10 years after the war did they bring it there? Right. I, I, yeah. yeah. I hope I hope that's, you know, something they addressed. Maybe it was just to salvage ships or something, but or for, you know, fuel. Um, yeah, the, I think yeah. They, they stated that, like, the... Or they imply that Castellan was like that last major planet before heading off into the unknown. So it was like a big, uh, a port of of sorts. Like mm-hmm. it was a great location. So maybe um, we know so little about the New Republic. Perhaps uh, they had an an era of expansion to where they wanted to explore further out into the unknown regions. And yeah, you're right. They ne- needed the station there. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that would that'd be something cool to find out later. So, 
as we as we know, the Colossus is in hyperspace going to unknown destinations because Niku didn't have time to put in all the coordinates. <laughs> Which, which I think was an awesome setup, you know, because, it, it, yeah, it would have been easy just to go to to Dakar, and but then they would have been in the middle of the Battle of Dakar. Exactly. So, it, it, hey, it sets up the uncertainty for season two. There's a lot of guessing we get to do. So, do you think, A, will they ever get to Dakar or Crate, and B... Will the f- first destination they reach in season two be uh, an old planet we've seen or just a brand new one? So, A, I, I, I <laughs> it'd be funny if they do get to Dakar or Crate and find all this evidence of war and battles and, and no one was around. So they're like, okay, where is everyone? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think... Maybe they will, but I, but I don't know how they will set that up exactly. But um, in terms of B, uh, I I'm thinking they're going to drift in space for a bit more because the Colossus brings too much attention, given its its history and its size, and that's not the kind of attention they need, especially since word could eventually get back to the first order so if they were to find a place to park it essentially i Mm -hmm. I think it'd have to be like new a new planet and off the grid i like that i I do think they will get to dakar i think in one i think it was the io9 interview i think justin ridge implied he said they know whether or not they're going but they're not going to spoil it ah which I, I was trying to read between the lines. I think they will get there eventually. And I do like the idea that they get to Dakar, they get to Crate, but they're always a step behind. Yeah. So, so that, you know, but they're they're piecing it together like, okay, they're still out there because, you know, we don't see evidence that they were wiped out. Um, that sort of thing. I, I, I like what you said. I, they probably are going to drift in space at the beginning because I think it was the Entertainment Weekly interview the the producer said the start the, the star destroyer did inflict damage so they've got to repair mm-hmm. so they they could be drifting um I, I do like the idea that they wind up on a new planet a new environment um kind of to repair but also to just let people try to get back to normalcy maybe right yeah they, they still have a whole bunch of civilians on that station that don't know what's going on and. And Doza has to figure out a way to make sure that they feel comfortable where they are. Because if they abandon ship, then he loses his business. You know, he loses his way of life. Right. Uh, I mean, he's already lost a portion of it, given how the First Order had run them out of there. But, uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see how the relationships will develop moving forward um, between him and the the people and him and the aces and everything's different now. And and people are, some people might not want to stay on the station anymore because it's, it doesn't feel safe to them anymore. Good point. Yeah. And and the producers have said, said as much that that's going to be a major theme of season two is how the, how everybody on the station deals with what their situation so. Yeah, yeah, and it's also interesting how 
Um, some one of my theories, uh, heading into the second half of the season was, okay, the the reason why uh, Leia didn't hear from anyone, um, like like from Kaz in the Last Jedi, is because they were dealing with the situation on Castellan with the First Order. But the thing is, at that point in the timeline, I don't think we've hit the Last Jedi yet. Because I feel like that was still coming off of the end of um, the destruction of of the Hosnian system and mm-hmm. the battle on uh, Tahakodana. So, like, we still have a little bit of ways to go before Leia sends that transmission in The Last Jedi. So will we hear that? Will that come into play in in the second season? I think it will. The question is, uh, at what point? Yeah. Um, I, I think because of how tight they made the timeline in that finale, I don't think we've had the Battle of Starkiller Base yet. Oh, yeah. That has not happened, I think. and Yeah, because of how the timeline is and how we just recently saw the destruction of the Hosnian system, I... I don't think that's gone down. No, so there's, you know, there's the question because episode nine comes out in December. We'll have, we'll have finished the first half of season two. There's your chance to have, you know, hear rumors of the Battle of Starkiller Base and for them to receive the message from Crate. And then we can start to catch up to the movie. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a lot. If I had to place bets i bet they get a message about about at mid-season mm. yeah that would be interesting they could elongate it <laughs> mm-hmm. speaking of episode nine um we talked a bit about it on the mid-season review do you since the entire station is now out there in space what characters do you think now may show up in episode nine if any I still want Commander Pyre to show up in episode nine. Like it'd be so cool to see that gold armor translate into live action, uh, and and being given that Phasma, I don't know whether she'll play a role moving forward, but I, I can see Pyre taking over that position. Um, in terms of other characters, I think it'd be too much of a it, it would give too much away if we saw anyone else, like Tam, for instance, because then it would imply that Tam has um, Tam's mind hasn't changed since throughout the whole second season. So yeah. it, it would give too much away to see something someone like her. Yeah, even though that that would be cool to see her, you know, like a Tie Fighter shows up and there she is in the cockpit or something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Although, and I, I can't remember who I can give credit to for the idea on on Twitter, but what? Hey, the the first order lost Major Von Reg. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it was Manny B. Manny both yes. ends. <laughs> yes. So could you know, Major Rivora? That's right. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I think yeah, it's, it's weird, but I think Pyre's the most likely now. Yeah. I, I could easily see him filling in the Phasma role. And I don't know if there's any significance to it, but that Disney exclusive Black, uh, Black Series six inch set, where it's what Kylo Ren, 
a new scout trooper and Pyre. Right. Yeah, it was so, like a mountain trooper or something. Yeah. So is that an episode nine set? That was weird. That uh, was very interesting. And I I definitely have to get my hands on that. But I still also need to get my hands on uh, the three, uh, three and three quarter inch uh, Commander Pyre, which I have not found at all. <laughs> I, I I got him, but I have not seen him since. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to look online. <laughs> yeah, he he is not he is not the Constable Zuvio of this set as far no. as Peg <laughs> as far as Peg Warmer. Sorry, Heath Williams. <laughs> Sorry, Heath. But <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, but I'll stick by my theory that just like they stuck the ghost in the Battle of Scarif. Don't you don't have to show a cockpit shot? Just you could put the fireball and some of the aces in a, a major star battle in episode nine, and I would be fine with that. Oh, I'd be very happy with that for sure. Although then I start to worry, like if I see anything get shot down, like was that was mm. that the fireball? Was that this? Was that that? <laughs> I know uh, I, that happened with Rogue One when they were all taking off to hyperspace, and the Star Destroyer showed up. I'm like, did the ghost make it out? I know, yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh, I remember going to the movie just to the uh, like a few times after I had seen it just to see whether the ghost had gone and escaped mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. <laughs> well, we found out they were okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and kind of on the flip side, now that we uh, you know have a setting and they're out there, what characters from other media do you think may show up on the show now? It could be the movies, could be uh, books, um, other shows, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can see, I, I can see Finn and Rose or Rose popping up in the second season because, I mean, this as we had talked about will inevitably go past the timeline that's presented in the Last Jedi. Um, so, I think we're going to have to you know, that window of time before episode nine in December. So it'd be really interesting to see movie characters show up in the series mm-hmm. pre- prior to the movie. And I can actually see resistance setting us up. Ev- uh, yeah. I can actually see the show setting us up for what happens in episode nine. That'd be interesting. I, I think it Yeah. I think it can to an extent. Yeah. And you know, considering Oscar Isaac, I I wonder. Yeah, I think oh, I always love to give credit to whoever said this, but I think it was uh, Alex on Star Wars Explained when he did a wrap up video. He he thought, is it written into all the the new contracts that hey, just leave yourself open for animated stuff? So yeah, John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, um, Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah, it's very easily could see them popping in. Yeah, I mean, they did for uh, Forces of Destiny. Why not mm-hmm. Resistance? <laughs> yes. And, you know, they, they do the Star Tour stuff, too. So they, they've got plenty of opportunities to lend their lend their talents. Yeah. Did you um, have any, like, book or comic book characters? The, the, the ones I keep coming back to, especially in the last month or so, are Zay and Shriv from Battlefront 2. Got it. Um, have you played the um, the downloadable content of, of that at all? No, unfortunately, I'm not. A, I haven't really dived into okay. that part of the Star Wars universe. Uh, well, 
not, not to, you, you don't mind me spoiling. It oh no, not at okay. all. Okay. <laughs> so uh, those two characters, uh, it's takes place, but right between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, and before they're evacuating Dakar, Leia sends the two of them out to the outer rim to find those loyal to the Resistance. Mm. And I rewatch. You can go on YouTube and just see the the cinematic scenes from the game. And I rewatched that recently, and I thought that sounds like. The Colossus crew, all they have to do is run into them now. They don't actually have to go to Castellon. And, you know, uh, the voice actors could easily, you know, they did the stop motion for the uh, for the game, but I could easily see them showing up. And um, that, that could be your catalyst for, hey, you know, Leia and everybody are still out there. We need to go, need to go help them. And that leads into episode nine. Yeah, that's a great and, one. And uh, this may be more of a pipe dream because it's the adjacent canon, but the fact that Bob and Bill have said that they're (laughs) done with Lego Star Wars and Moxie and Kapow and Roger are still out there. They're still out there. (laughs) And they're they're loyal to the Resistance. You know, could they show up? Uh, It's possible. It's possible. And who knows? Maybe we'll get an answer from Celebration. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that's one reason I wanted to record this so we could speculate. But uh, before <laughs> celebration, but yeah, we may get a lot of these answers in just a couple of weeks. But yeah, you might have to ask Bob and Bill about that if yeah. they lent lent out their intellectual property. <laughs> um, but as far as you asked about the books and comics, I don't think so. Yeah, because like, not much has been written about about this era, right? Uh, just very limited, and I I've addressed it on the show previously. the The one I would love to see is Vi Marotti from the Phasma book, mm-hmm. but but she's going to be the lead character in the Black Spire novel coming out this summer. So I think she's going to be taken care of as far as what she's doing for the Resistance in that book. Um, so I, you know, as much as I would love to see her, I don't think she'll be on the show. And really anybody who's in the Poe comic, as far as Black Squadron was in episode seven. So. And what about Jason Sindula? He, yeah, unless, well, (laughs) (laughs) unless he's a Knight of Ren. No! (laughs) uh, Um. But, no, I would love to see Jason show up um, because he's, he's right about the age to be, you know, he'd be about, what, 30, 33, 35? Yeah, a little bit older time. than what Kanan. Oh, poor Kanan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could, I could, yeah, he could show up. And, yeah. and, and it, we, we know we never saw him speak. We only got that one shot of him. So, yeah, there's plenty they could do with the character. So true. Ah, that'd be so cool. <laughs> I, th- I think that's a great thing. They have set up a lot of possibilities for season two. We really have no idea where it's going. Exactly. And that's it, what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fun of it. We, you know, we, we, yeah, we were able to telegraph the first season a little bit as far as like, oh, it's, you know, the first order is using the pirates to weaken the station. They're going to try to take it over. They will get it. You know, they win it back. We, uh, no, no, no qualms here. That was an exciting first season. But yeah, they've got an open sandbox now. So true. All right, one more question, then we'll get into a fun activity. Um, what's one thing you would love to see on the show next season? 
I know this is going to be a cheesy answer, but... Mine too. It's okay. <laughs> but mine is romance. Like, <laughs> I need more romance. Um, I mean, in the Clone Wars, we got hints here and there from different characters. And in Rebels, of course, we had Kanan and Hera. And, and for some, like me, I, I like to think of Sabine and, and Ezra. But um, in Resistance, I mean, I want to see more chemistry between some characters. and What, like Kaz and Garma? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Karma. Oh, there's, there's the ship. Oh, the ship name. Karma. Nice. All right. <laughs> Um, you know, I I gotta I gotta see some chemistry between other characters, not including Garma. Yeah. because <laughs> uh, I'm a hopeless romantic, so mm-hmm. so my stories in general just need to have some kind of romance in there, even if it's in the background. So I would love to see something like that in season two. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, Kaz and Sonara had that kind of flirtatious relationship that I could see that developing. Um, I, I did think, based on how they were imprisoned in Noah's Gabe, it'd be funny if it was like Griff and um, Freya. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, no, that's a, yeah, that, no, that's good. That's not that's not cheesy at all. <laughs> it's an element they kind of didn't really delve into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, mine is I just had this very specific scene in mind. Um, uh, very like on the Simpsons, whenever they have the town hall meeting. Uh, I could, and we talked about it a little bit before. You know, you got all these citizens uh, who are upset about their, you know, what's going on, being lost in space almost. And I could totally see Captain Doza trying to have a like a town hall meeting and having to answer every one of their complaints. It's like we can't fish anymore. There's no water, and you know, how are we supposed to get spare parts if there's no ships? And then people complaining about the pirates. Like I don't like that guy's. Know, walking around anymore he tried to bomb us a, you know a month ago <laughs> and then doze is just trying to calm everybody down it's like look i'm taking care of this all right <laughs> yeah i can actually see that happening yeah uh i don't know if it'll be in that sort of a setting i uh, yeah I and mean, it'll definitely be where he has to deal with maybe like a squabbles in the marketplace because what do you mean you don't have you know f- fresh beagle anymore exactly <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of a lot of rioting, I think. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, all right. Before we get into our little activity, any closing thoughts on season one? Um, season one was just awesome overall, and if that was season one, I can only imagine season two. Good way to put it. Yeah, I, I, it, it delivered on our, my expectations and went further. So I'm excited to see where they go with it. Mm-hmm. All right. But to wrap the show up, um, I put out on the last episode, I put it on Twitter and Instagram uh, for people to send in uh, their favorite line or their favorite quote from the a whole season. I said it could be, you know, what you thought was the best line, maybe just your favorite, the most poignant, nostalgic, funniest, just whatever. And we've got we had a lot of great responses. So we're just going to read them uh, to end the show. Um, so I'll start off and apologies in advance if I hack anybody's name. Um, so, uh, Joseph Wema said, uh, it's a Yeager line. If there's one thing I believe you can do, it's sinking the station. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> 
Um, and Joshua Rowe, he said, I'm fine. No need to wipe my brain or anything. And that's Kaz. <laughs> uh, another one from uh, uh, Joshim. Um, it's a Tam line, and it was pretty strong. You were like a father to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, my heart aches just hearing that one. Yes. <laughs> um, Daniela Mesquita said... I don't know what they said, but the moment when CB fell for BB-8. Oh, that's right. So cute. We, we didn't even mention her, but CB became a really good character in the last few episodes when they switched out. So true. Yeah, if I had to choose another character that grew on me, CB would totally be it. Yeah, I, I thought, well, you know, they had to switch it out. Yeah, another ball droid. But yeah, she, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I actually had two people submit the same one. It was Scout the Trooper and White Wolf. It's important to forgive people. If you don't, nobody wins. Mm. Yeah, I forget the brother's name now. From, that was the oh, brother, um, right? Mar- Mar- yeah, Marcus. Marcus, that's right, yes. that's right. <laughs> Marcus Feedstar, that's right. Yes. <laughs> um, and I love how Niku thought that was his last name. <laughs> yes. Um, this one was also submitted by Daniela Mesquita, and it's a Torah line, so it is, Nobody survived racing against me, but who knows, maybe you'll be the first to walk away. <laughs> that was so good. And I, I mentioned on my show last week, Torah never changed. She was still the same playful 15-year-old all season. Oh, yeah, and I love that. You know, she never compromised. Mm-hmm. She never let go of that. Yeah, that was great about her. Um, okay, Manny Bothans uh, sent one in, and I honestly don't remember who said it. You smelly snurg. Oh man, I don't know who said that. You smell it? Could no, it couldn't have been Tora. I don't know because she liked calling people Nerco. Nerco, yeah. <laughs> oh. Hmm, that's one I'm going to have to keep an eye on whenever I rewatch the season. Same here. And Eden Gray and Yoda Bauer uh, chose a Niku line. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> I like food. Food, 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 food. <laughs> yeah, that was the most memeable one of the season, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um... Alderanian Rose had a Tam line. Look, I have a huge problem with vagueness, okay? Just tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so relatable. Yeah, and that paid off later. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, Billy Davis had a Kaz line. Uh, it is, maybe we don't feel like it, Goldie. <laughs> so that, that, good. That's probably my son's favorite line. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love. I, I didn't think that we'd we'd hear anyone make fun of his gold armor, and I'm so glad that was put in at the very last and uh, you know end of the episode. And it was totally Kaz. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh. Um. Longtime supporter and friend of the show, rural farm boy, uh, had a Yeager line. Kaz, I'd fight alongside you any day. Oh yeah, so good. Yeah, that was that was a great one because it just showed the, the, their growth together. Because you know, at the beginning, Yeager was not cool with <laughs> getting into this whole mess, mm. and 
Yeah, but. yeah. And Blanche Starnar Ochkrig, I hope I pronounced that okay. Um, Kaz, they submitted a Kaz line, and it's so you're saying I'm good at being a person. <laughs> Oh, that was great. That was a, I think that was from Fuel of the Fire or something like that. Fuel for the Fire. I think it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was a good early line. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one was submitted on Instagram by Myrna Velasco. Oh, wait. That's awesome. Yeah, she, Myrna's a sweetheart. She's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. People need to listen to your you and your mom interviewing her for Geeky Bubble Pod. That was just so cute. <laughs> Um, she said, when Tora finally established her, let's do this catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's so cool. Um, and Alex Chang wrote Blowfish One <laughs> yes. by Niku. <laughs> yes, I'm sticking with Blowfish Squadron until otherwise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, here's mine. And you actually set it up for me when Niku was asking why Yeager and Marcus didn't have the same last name. And this this one line summed up Yeager and Niku for the whole season. You thought Speedstar was real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I love how Niku takes things way too literally. Yes. <laughs> and and Yeager is just like, oh, God. <laughs> I have to deal with this every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what's uh, yours? Yeah, mine. Uh, you know, of course I had to go with Commander Pyre. <laughs> and it's from, I think it was from No Escape Part 1. And he tells Captain Doza... We are well beyond the Republic's reach. Fortunately, they are not beyond ours. It was Good. it was just so menacing and evil, and it was like he took pride in what was to come. He yes, he knew what was coming. And yeah, yeah, that was a cold line. Oh. Yeah, he was so good. <laughs> just the writing behind it too was just so good. Mm-hmm. Well, that that was fun. Uh, thank you, everyone, for the submissions. Um, and it was a lot of good different ones. You know, there were only two lines that got repeated. Um, so we appreciate everybody doing that. Um, so th- that wraps it up. That's wow. uh, that's season one. And, you know, we've, there's a lot and there's a lot's going to happen bet- before season two. So we got a lot of information coming. Uh, but Jonah Marie, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, I enjoyed talking about the whole series with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's always so much fun talking Star Wars Resistance with you because you come up with such great insights. And uh, I, I actually just recently like how you were taking the photos of the rap party, the season one rap party, and comparing them to the characters like Doza and Tora. Um, that that was great. I love those tweets. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, it, it- I've said it before, the, the people on the show, and I've had the chance to interact with some of them on social media, and you've met some of them before, they're, they're just awesome people. And to see them having fun uh, with the rap party or just hanging out with each other, and they take a lot of pride in the show, and you can tell. Yeah. So I, I think that's what one thing that makes talking about the show extra special, because you, you can tell that the people behind it 
are having a ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before I let you go, uh, please tell everyone where they can find you on social media, and especially uh, what's the best way to follow you for all your reports from the upcoming Star Wars celebration. Yeah, so people can follow me uh, at Eyes on Twitter, and they can also read any updates that I put up for celebration at TWG site, and that's also my Twitter account on Twitter. <laughs> 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 it's late, you guys. <laughs> um, so yes, TWG site is the Twitter account attached to my website, thewookiegunner.com. So I will hopefully be updating the site throughout the convention. If not, definitely the days after because there's just going to be so much and I don't know if I'm going to have time to sit down in front of a laptop to type up everything. <laughs> um, but Instant updates will definitely show up on Twitter with TWG site. And over at Blue Jay, guys, I'll post more of my personal experiences and such. And, of course, um, if you wanted to tune in and hear my mom and I talk about Star Wars Resistance, uh, you can find our episodes uh, over at Geeky Bubble Pod on Twitter. Excellent. And um, everybody can follow me uh, at Radio Dakar on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, all the episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, that will wrap up Resistance. There's plenty more Star Wars news to come. Uh, so, again, thank you, Jonah Marie. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. You can give the the outgoing on this one. Oh, cool. Um, let's say, uh, let's see. Um, may the Force be with you. All right, that's it. Yay. <laughs>